This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg with my co-host today, Craig Blumenshine. Hi, Ashley. Hello, hello. Happy day to you on this, our first day of the short and sweet member drive. Always such a tough assignment. Lots of chocolate in today's show. That's even better. <laughs> yes, we sure love that. And we also have Ann Alquist. She is our brand new director of radio right here at Prairie Public. Welcome to the Welcome, team, Ann. Ann. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Ashley. Come from Alaska and bring the 60-degree weather. We kind of think that's cool. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, Prairie Region. (laughs) It is a remarkable day here this January uh, 31st here, and I think it hit 50 degrees, at least on the eastern part of the state. And boy, if that's not a reason to celebrate and get yourself a little bit of chocolate, I don't know what is. So here's how to do it. Give us a call. 800-359-4145 or you can click and join at prairiepublic.org and if you come in at just $10 a month you are supporting this service and we'll send you a box of cocoa truffles. We've been doing this for nearly two decades. We've sent out almost 6,000 boxes of truffles over the year. They are good. I can taste it right now, and I haven't even had one since the last short and sweet member drive. When we moved here last year, everyone said, you have to have some chocolate truffles from Nicole's, and oh my goodness, I did, and it was great. (laughs) Have you had any, Ann, yet? I have. Our program manager, Eric Dethridge, gave me uh, a box of truffles from Nicole's when I first arrived. Well, that's so sweet. We appreciate uh, hearing that. It's sweet and sweet. But it's short and sweet, and that's why we're here for just a moment, encouraging people to become pledging, continuing members of Prairie Public. Their support is so important, and you've seen it from other places in the country. It works the same way. Public support of public radio is just important for us to carry on our mission. You know, it's so interesting that you say becoming a pledging member because anybody can listen. And that's very much uh, the goal of this, that whatever your income level, you should have access to high quality news and information. But you become more of an active participant when you go from being a listener to becoming a member. You're playing a hands-on role uh, because it is your support that makes this service possible. You're here because you consider us a valuable resource for information and for entertainment. I got so caught up in this past weekend's Away With Words in part because I was answering the puzzle faster than Will, and I was just very excited about that. <laughs> but whatever is your reason for tuning in to Pray Public, we'd like to hear from you now and send you a box of cocoa truffles. It's easy to make that call, 800-359-4145. What we love to do, Ashley, is bring stories of North Dakota and the Prairie region to our listeners, and no one does it in the same way that we do. Oh, and yeah. And... You're here to kind of carry us forward, and we're, we get to talk about what that vision is here in just a little bit. But, but tell us uh, how other stations across the country kind of focus on pledge drives just like we're doing now. Oh, well, I mean, I think the, the value of what uh, stations around the country can do is they're all fiercely local, and they're mm-hmm. all fiercely regional 
and we're uniquely suited to tell those stories because we live here. Um, and so <laughs> so stations around the country said, why, you know, what are they doing? I mean, it's very similar what those stations um, do. Um, I call it touching mission. Um, I think we're able to touch mission in a way that, uh, you know, that the coasts can't. You know, we're in we're in the upper Midwest and they're not coming. You know, they're not, they, they call it flyover country. Um, they call, you know, they just there's just a big question mark. I was listening to the state of the state with the governor and he was sounded a bit exasperated at the sort of the branding issue that North Dakota seems to have but there are right. all these are you the one with Mount Rushmore I still get asked that. <laughs> right exactly exactly I mean I got that I mean I got a text from a friend today like are you up to your ears in snow and I was like, I said actually no, no. I'm walking around barefoot <laughs> I actually am I'm dusting the mud splashes <laughs> off my my pants because it's melting actually one thing that I think that is important regardless of where you live in the country is we have dates and we have date nights and you can tell us more about the ultimate date night that is ready for our listeners to become a part of. Everyone who uh, donates or even just calls during this member drive, but we sure hope that you will donate during this time, is entered to win a drawing. And that is for night stay at the Hotel Donaldson. You get dinner at the Blarney Stone at the Hotel Donaldson. It was a really lovely hotel in downtown Fargo. And then hop down the street, easy walking distance, especially if it's going to stay 40 and 50 degrees, uh, over to the Fargo Theater catch a movie, have some popcorn, have a little soda, you know, settle back into those romantic days. (laughs) And then, of course, if you contribute at at least $10 a month, you get the cocoa truffles, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just really good. They came in our mailbox, and I, 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 I bought into the hype, but I didn't know for sure until my wife opened them on Valentine's Day and oh, shared she with me. Absolutely, she did. <laughs> and, and, and they were just really good. I do want to point out, though, that no contribution is necessary if right. you want to call to enter. You can call Prairie Public, and we'll get that with you. You can get two boxes too if you give fifty dollars a month. Oh, good point. Yep. You know, you should just always get more chocolate. I mean, I just and I, support more radio. Exactly, <laughs> support more radio. Get more chocolate, um, and we'd love to thank you. You can. Um, I'm all about the self care. You can gift yourself a box, um, and then send another box to your Valentine. <laughs> and tell us about partnerships just a little bit, and how partnerships are so important to everything that we do, including with someone like Nicole's. Or our listeners, we have partnerships all over the place here at Prairie Public. Well, partnerships are important because we can't do it alone. Uh, we're an inherently collaborative industry, especially in this time of uh, of media disruption, and so um, we have to work together. You know, and I think that's part of the spirit of this region as well. I mean, we're I mean, what we're doing right now, we're in this short and sweet drive. I mean, we're doing a we're functionally doing a barn raising. A barn building, <laughs> uh, right? And that's a that's truffle very by much truffle. A, <laughs> many hands make light work. We're not asking one person to pledge a million dollars. We're asking lots of people to pledge ten or fifteen dollars a month. Uh, and I want to bring a little bit more focus to to you and and what you're going to bring to the table here. Uh, so just for starters, you've worked in Alaska, you've worked in North Carolina, you've worked in Minnesota. You're from California. You grew up uh, in Germany. <laughs> um, what made you apply? To be the director of radio. So, I didn't, so our former director of radio, Bill Thomas, what um, we do share, we've got an important historic moment that we share together, which we were both there when the Berlin Wall fell. Wow. Um, I was uh, a child at the time. My parents were school teachers um, uh, at the International School, the Frankfurt International School. 
Um, we were going to a local German public school at the time, but they took us out of out of school for three weeks, um, and we got on a train and uh, got wow. to watch uh, fascism fall and democracy reign. Do you remember it well? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was eleven, and uh, it was. It was magical. It was incredible. And I remember that New Year's Eve because my best friend growing up was uh, Polish. Her family had uh, had escaped um, and come to West Germany. Um, and uh, and they there were relatives. I'm going to start to cry. It was so moving, mm-hmm. but had relatives she never even spoken to uh, because of wow. the because of the Iron Curtain. Um, and so I uh, had the opportunity to meet relatives that she never met before. So it was a really magical time. So wow. Bill, Bill, Bill Thomas, you have that in common is yeah. surprising. Yes, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have both a small state, but we have commuters, a small and now you're both a public bicycle. director of radio. So, but again, why did you apply for this job? What attracted you to this part of the world? You know, I love this part of the country because, you know, because I love demystifying and revealing stories that people think they know about a place. Um, Alaska is like that. Um, and I think the Prairie region is like that as well. I don't think I know it's exactly like that. I, what the what the governor said really resonated with me. Like we've got, you know, we need to get our story out there. Absolutely. Um, and so I I love being able to point out, um, you know, the stories of our of our region. Like when people said Fargo, you know, North Dakota. Why would you want it in January? And I said, can I please tell you the story of Bob Asp? Can I please tell you the story of Bob Asp? Robert I've been to, Asp? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, this in, in Moorhead, Minnesota, I mean, that story, again, I'll probably, you know, I'll probably start to cry. That man had a dream. He wanted to build a Viking ship and he wanted to sail it back home. You know, he wanted to and he didn't live to see that dream. Um, but he did live to see it in Duluth Harbor mm-hmm. and uh, float, and it worked. This is a, an 8th century uh, Viking ship replica, and his children, his children sailed it across mm-hmm. the ocean. I tell people that story about the Viking ship in Moorhead, Fargo-Moorhead area, and they're just shocked. They're like, I, I want to go. It's I a like, weird ship. It's, it's a, very cool. It's very cool. And yeah. then the and then just and this the pictures of the children. So mm-hmm. I've just always had an interest, and I think it's because my own story. You know, growing up as a little kid and what was in West Germany, and then people and going to German school, and then the international school, and you know, I think just my own. You know, my own story was sort of was strange and unique, and and so I just was always interested in listening to other people's stories and understanding their nuance because I felt like nobody was really listening to my own nuanced story. And I wonder why radio? And I ask, I almost say radio in air quotes. Many across the country and and, in other places think radio might be a dying medium. But is radio really radio in your eyes and what the future might hold? Well, I would say that um, radio is... Radio doesn't have an audience problem, and audio is going everywhere. Um, we now have this wonderful platform called our phones, our mobile phones, and so we're able to carry. I mean, we sort of functionally have a have a radio in our in our pockets. I would also like to point out the original term for radio, the wireless. It was called the wireless. It was it was the original Wi-Fi. I ask it in the context <laughs> we're having a discussion in the office, and someone said, "You know, my." daughter doesn't even know maybe how to work a radio. Right. You know, does, does that interest you at all relative to what you have in front of you? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, we have to, yeah, we have to use the, the words um, that are going to resonate with people to describe the platforms, you know, that make sense to them. I mean, we're in the communications business. We have to communicate with people about the relevant delivery platforms, the, the delivery platforms that are relevant to them. Absolutely. You know, so the, so like podcasts. I mean, if you want to unpack that word, I mean, it's a pipe, you know. You know, we don't we don't say, you know, transmitters. Um, but that's functionally what a podcast is. It's a it's a pipe. It's mobile audio. It's time shiftable. You know, mm-hmm. you can move it around and listen to it at your at your leisure. But um, you know, but it's a uh, it now connotes a certain meeting. It could, I think it connotes a type of creativity. I think it um, you know connotes a, a maker class or a maker group of group of people. Um, and so so we need to use the words that are going to resonate with people. Yeah. What are some of the the biggest trends that you are looking at? Uh, in terms of maybe what scares you and and what uh, sounds like it could be great. (laughs) Opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, the exciting, yeah, uh, the goals that we can set for ourselves and how exciting those goals um, can be. Well, I think, you know, well, I mean, I guess I'll start with what scares me. Um, I think what scares me, uh, gosh, what does scare me? I'm such an optimist. I got to be totally honest with you. That's a little, that one's a little tough. I think what scares me is hopelessness you know mm-hmm. is, is when is when communities feel hopeless about their futures when hope when communities feel disconnected from each other and they can't see a way out so that the that's, school closes something's different it's not the same yeah and i that's mm-hmm. so and what also scares me is not having an honest broker in our communities you know who do you who do you turn to to be able to have that public square to be to have that dialogue uh, because really um, and this is what excites me is um, we're in a really unique position as a public service media institution to help communities solve public problems. We're a public mm-hmm. institution. We can help communities solve public problems. And I want I want us to be that honest broker. You know, we'll, we'll know uh, we're doing our jobs when we're getting the call, when we're getting the calls. And they're saying, Ashley, I need you to come to Regent. You know, I need you to facilitate the dialogue. Um, I, I, I need Craig. I need, I need the honest brokers that is Prairie Public because you're such a respected institution. So That's that, what I want. Is that what you envision community engagement to be? Or what what does that mean to you? And how do you plan to really understand what the Prairie region, what the state of North Dakota is most interested in from Yeah, us? I mean, community engagement is my definition many, many years later is still the same. It's about um, identifying, understanding, and then responding to community needs and aspirations. So I, I still stick with it all these many years later. And so you're right, that starts with listening, um, identifying, identifying it. And then with listening, I mean, really listening, somebody may be saying something um, but understanding it, being empathetic towards their, their point of view, that's, mm-hmm. that's understanding what the needs and aspirations are. Um, and then identifying how we as a, as a, as a trusted news outlet can meet them. Can Did meet you study needs. the media landscape of North Dakota kind of in your context of preparing that this is what I want to tell the people at 
prairie public that I'm going to be interviewing with. Do you have a sense of the media landscape here? Oh yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Actually, one of my one of my dear friends um, was so excited. She her her great grandfather actually was a governor of North Dakota, and so she Kelly Scott. Her she was very excited um, about me coming here, and she's really looking forward to visiting her her family's cabin in Detroit Lakes. And so we're already planning our our get together. Um, but she, uh, I mean, was. Uh, just thrilled that uh, that I would be able to get the chance to meet the folks at the forum in mm-hmm. Fargo. Um, she was really intrigued by the opportunities to um, to develop digital products here because North Dakota, like you were talking about the media landscape. I mean, one of the things that is really impressive about North Dakota. I don't know who did this. I need to investigate this more. Somebody invested in fiber in this state. This, this state, it, for for a, a rural part of the country, for quote unquote flyover country, it's really well connected. I have two strands of fiber coming through my property from two different providers that I can take advantage of. That's awesome. Yeah. And yes. And, and our governor is a big tech guy, mm-hmm. so that's not actually very surprising. <laughs> Um, and I'm I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about partnerships with other journalism outlets. Um, some people get very worried that newspapers are closing down and that radio listenership, terrestrial uh, radio listenership is going down. Maybe digital is still uh, increasing. But, you know, in Minnesota Public Radio, they have a position where they work with one of the commercial news stations and they share a reporter. Other places, um, I'm thinking like the North Dakota Monitor, a statewide online news presence. What are your thoughts about teamwork in the current media landscape? I think it's essential. I think it's essential because, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, we can't have a functioning democracy um, if we don't have an informed citizenry. So every media outlet, if you're commercial, if you're non-commercial, if you're online, if you're a legacy broadcaster, we're all um, interested in making sure that our communities are informed because we're, we're part of democracy too um, and we're necessary we're absolutely necessary and so when I think about partnerships Ashley I mean I think about all the opportunities and I mean not even with um, with legacy outlets as well I mean one of the things I did in the Twin Cities was start the Twin Cities Media Alliance um, so this was in 2005 2006 and we trained up community members to go to their neighborhood association meetings um, they produce reporter notebooks we put them online um, to share information. It was hyper-local news for um, pretty much almost every single neighborhood in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And the reason that we did that was because at the time, the Star Tribune was shrinking. And Minnesota Public Radio at the time, they were hiring more reporters to cover the legislature. That was their strategy. That's where they that's where they doubled down. Um, but they were not paying attention to the growing demographic changes in the Twin Cities. Um, the Star Tribune was shrinking. And so I and Jeremy Eggers, who was a food critic at the Star Tribune, we decided we had to do something about it. And we partnered with the public libraries, and they were terrific partners, places where we could provide digital literacy. WordPress was new. Um, so we trained people about how to write their word. Blogging was a thing at the time. Remember blogging? Barely. Um, bar- <laughs> I remember doing a story on it for Campus <coughs> News. Like, what is this? Exactly. <laughs> so I, I mean, so I, I mean, I even, I mean, I look at, a, at, a, at our communities across the region as our assignment editors. And mm-hmm. let me ask you this question, <clears throat> excuse me, relative to content. Sometimes when, <clears throat> late at night maybe, when Prairie Public is playing something, jazz or something, and I don't, I want information, 
I'll play NPR now from my satellite. My point is there's a lot of great content that's out there that is national. And of course, then we, Ashley and I, bring local content. In your mind, how do you balance those things about what is appropriate national coverage that Prairie Public should be um, focusing on? And then how about local content? Where should that balance be? What do you think about those things? I think that content finds people. I don't think people are finding content anymore. Um, And so our job is to find uh, audiences on the relevant delivery platforms that's going to make sense for them. So in order to, so in order to do that, um, we need to understand what their information and cultural needs are. You know, that's how we stay relevant is to be um, in touch with people. And by the way, I actually I don't even see, I don't even see a tension between national and local content. Um, you know, I think those are those are sort of insider baseball terms that we use, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we because because we're, we're thinking about the toss. You know, we we think about that. You know, the national headlines end at at, at 06. We we go to Danielle. You know, Todd's gonna you know do all things considered with the uh, with Prairie News this afternoon. You know, so those are if it's relevant to you, it's relevant to you. It's not about national and uh, local or regional. But we have to go full circle, and we welcome you. We're glad that you're here, but we're going to talk a little more about what sweet means, <laughs> what fast Way means. more interesting. <laughs> Ashley, it's easy for people to call 1-800-359-4145 to participate in this portion of our pledge drive. It's important that they do so. It is important because it, I mean, for you, it gives you an active role in creating the content, but also it is a big source of our income. I wonder how many people out there could comfortably lose a third or two thirds of their budget and not have to make some substantial changes. And we rely a great deal on member support. And we do that strategically here so that we don't have to be listening to the demands of advertisers. Uh, Instead, what we are leaving a lot more room for is this in-depth conversations where we get to hear about somebody's background and and even use a term like a fierce localist, which, you know, how often can that kind of thing be explored? Or the conversation that we had yesterday uh, with Jack Russell Weinstein and just an example of how to find philosophy and intention and bringing unconscious behavior to consciousness every single day. And Craig, the amazing series that you did recently out of Minot, and just staying on top of our nation's defenses on a show that allows for the breathing room so that you get the what, but also, you know, the why does this matter, the context, the analysis that's only available on these long form shows. That is what you are supporting, programming that respects your intelligence and your innate curiosity and the fact that you deserve this kind of programming. You are supporting that. And when had, you make a donation, sorry, no, at, at prairiepublic.org, or when you call 800-359-4145. Craig, you can't interrupt me when I'm so passionate Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's absolutely great. The thing I love about this pledge drive, and you've seen pledge drives all over the place, it is short. We're not going to go into next week and the week beyond waiting to, to get a goal or get a match. This is a short and sweet drive, and we've got about 15, 20 seconds 
What more would you like to say about the short and sweet pledge drive? I'd say you better give now because uh, now's the opportune moment to make sure you get in on that ultimate date night giveaway because it ends February 3rd. But don't wait. 1-800-359-4145 or click that donate button at prairiepublic.org. The other thing, Ashley, that as we kind of wrap up this segment of Main Street, I really appreciate. I want to amplify what you were talking about. Not only do we get to go deep, we get to have good discussions with people from all over the state. We're not rushed. We are not mandated to package everything into a soundbite. And I know because of the feedback that I've gotten, people really appreciate that, especially if our subject matter is good and we do our best to allow people time to tell us what is on their mind rather than compressing everything down. All right, we're going to wrap things up. PrairiePublic.org. Go online. You can make your pledge there. This is our short and sweet fund drive. PrairiePublic.org. You'll see the Donate Now button, and we'll get those chocolate truffles to you. You can also call 800-359-4145. Welcome back to Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm in studio in Fargo with Ashley Thornburg, my co-host. Ashley, this is a great day. We're talking chocolate. We're talking chocolate. How can yeah. we lose? And, and we're going to talk more chocolate here in just a minute yeah, with yeah. one of our guests. So it's a wonderful day. We've begun our short and sweet pledge drive. We are encouraging people to give us a call right now at 800-359-4145 or go online. Become a pledging, supporting member of Prairie Public at prairiepublic.org. Ashley, it's really an easy thing to do, and we're, we want to make this short. We want to make it sweet for sure, yeah. but, it, but it's important. And what's the sweetness here? Mm. That is these truffles from Nicole's Fine Pastry. We've been doing this for almost 20 years at this point. We know people <laughs> love these truffles. We know you're listening, and we want to thank you for listening and for your financial support with these delicious truffles from Nicole's Fine Pastry. Again, the number is 800 3594145 or you can give online at prairiepublic.org let us know a little something uh, to send to yourself or your sweetie in time for Valentine's Day we can write something on the card uh, and these boxes of cocoa truffles getting shipped out uh to the lower 48 here. We, right. we can't promise it'd get to Alaska or Hawaii on time, but within the continental United States in time for Valentine's Day. I was new to North Dakota last year, actually, and I took advantage of this. They came in the mail, mm-hmm. gave them to my wife for Valentine's Day. Well worth it, I can tell you. They're just really, really good. But I'm going to talk shop for one second. Okay. Each day, you and I, actually, we do our best to bring good quality content to our listeners. But... We enjoy it, we like it, but we need support. And that's why we're here today, asking you to go online at prairiepublic.org. Be part of this great short and sweet pledge drive. Give us a call, 800-359-4145. Make your pledge. It just takes a few seconds, Ashley. 800-359-4145 or prairiepublic.org. You will get a box of truffles. They start at a donation level of $10 a month, which is a really common level uh, for giving for that sustaining level. That's a neat, neat membership that we do because other places are more expensive than that per per month. And we recognize that. I can't think of anything that Mm -hmm. I spend only $10 a month on, uh, you know, besides supporting at Prairie Public. And in exchange, yes, obviously, immediately you're getting these cocoa truffles, but also the programming that you uh, expect, 800-359-4145. And Ashley, of course, speaking of chocolate. 
Joining us now is Rick Guion for Prairie Plates. This is our weekly discussion about food. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Good to be with you again. Hey, Ashley. Yes. Rick brings treats. Look I, at this. I, yes, I wish our radio audience could see this, but I have in front of me the toughest assignment of the year, which is to try a bunch of different chocolate. It's a tough job, and we'll <laughs> do know, it today. We are mandating right. she share. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to unwrap today. I That's am, the I'm looking at a French gray sea salt, a caramel crack, Almond maple brittle, a mint mocha, a golden milk turmeric, and then a scorpion pepper. And then you've got chippers, and then you've got one with nuts in it, too. Without um, knowing what things taste like, the scorpion one does not seem like chocolate to me. Who named that, Rick? Uh, Are there scorpions in here? Maybe they should put (laughs) grasshoppers in there. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, these are all from uh, Stead Foods made in Fergus Falls, which are formerly TC chocolate or terroir chocolate. And it's fair trade, organic, and they get the beans and then they do the whole process. They grind it and make the bars in Fergus Falls. It's really quite an operation there. And they've grown tremendously in the last few years and kind of rebranded recently. And the packaging is really neat and the chocolate is tasty too. Who's their market, Rick? I think it's the niche, um, I want to say, like artisan chocolate crowd, probably Midwest, but they get some national recognition for some of the things they do. So it's really neat. And Fergus Falls has such a neat food scene, Minnesota Lakes Country, with a bunch of other things, Stumbino's Coffee, uh, Falls Baking Company, certain things like that. So Toast is a favorite restaurant. So they do some fun stuff in Fergus Falls. So yeah, a lot of chocolate to try today. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, of course, we'll be sending out those fine truffles from Nicole's Fine Pastry. But I mean, let's let's start with the French gray sea salt, 70% dark chocolate, and obviously with some sea salt here in it. Why did you pick this one? Well, I went over to Tochi Products and uh, just bought every one of the little sampler bars they have. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of, I didn't really pick anything in particular. I just was like, I'm going to pick up these six. I think you should. I taste the salt. Mm -hmm. And that surprises me, biting into chocolate. Mm. See, I do a lot of salty chocolate, so it doesn't surprise me. But what is it, what is the salt doing with sweetness? Yeah, it's it just has to do with, I think, kind of an umami sort of thing. And it's a contrast between the sweet and salty. It kind of throws your mouth off. Mm-hmm. But it's a real uh, good trick. I think it works, <laughs> at least with me and you. So I you, like it. I like yeah. it. And Craig. Yeah. When you're eating chocolate, what do you do? I mean, it sounds like a silly question to just be like, is this good chocolate or not? I don't know. Do I like it or not? Mm-hmm. But, like, why is this so different from – a cheap, you know, 50, 75 cent candy bar. Well, I think you can taste the care and love in it. And I, I'm not a chocolate expert. I just like it. And I like a lot of artisan type chocolates. So you can really taste the difference in, say, sorry, Hershey's, but a Hershey's bar versus something like this or a Ritter Sport bar or something like that. Tony's Chocolate Only is another one I get in the grocery store. That's Dutch chocolate. That's really good. Mm-hmm. But I think you can taste the difference. And you can kind of swirl it around in your mouth like uh, fine wine a little bit and taste the difference between some of those things that are more commercial and more artisan. Yeah. Before And the other thing I'm curious about, Ashley, you're very in tune to the health benefits of a lot of things. Yeah. Dark chocolate, not dark chocolate. Do you have some opinions about that? 
oh, well, I know it's very high in magnesium. I know particularly for women. So here's the thing. Here's why we crave dark chocolate at certain parts of our reproductive cycle is because our magnesium is crashing and magnesium helps you to fight stress. And so having a little bit of dark chocolate every day (laughs) – I mean, come on. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I know there are some health uh, benefits when it comes to heart, too, as well. Yeah, I I think there's there's quite a bit of health benefits. It's like drinking red wine, certain things like that, that are just uh, have those flavor profiles and those sorts of, I don't know, is it flavonoids? Again, I'm not a expert. And I only know the word, not more than that. <laughs> it, it sounds like flavor and that's just what I'm going to, but I also like dark chocolate and a lot of male friends of mine are big uh, chocolate fans. So I think it's just one of those things well, everyone I, likes. I think it has something to do also with the fact that you can't eat quite as much of it. And so it's easier to savor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's, that's true. This is what I tell myself. What do we have here, Ashley? All right. So I've just handed out, mm-hmm. uh, talking to radio like this, caramel crack. That one is really good. Chocolate. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just ask a question. Do you say caramel or caramel? Uh, caramel. Caramel. Okay. I used to say caramel, but I would always say caramelized onions. <laughs> it's caramelized onions. <laughs> but then you say caramelized <laughs> onions. Yeah. So then I just started saying caramelized or caramel. Like that candy bar was the caramello. It, was, it wasn't the Carmelo. Well, another but thing. I like saying caramel too. Yeah, I, and along those lines, like when you talk about raw chocolate, you talk about a cacao fruit pod. Mm-hmm. But then when you're talking about like powdered cocoa, mm-hmm. the processed version of it, I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting parallel, I guess. Yeah. Well, what do you like about these chocolates that have? Also, just another kind of sweetness in them. And a different, a different texture, I'll yeah. say. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a little bit crunchy. It is crunchy. I like the crunch. It's really good. And those Tony's Chocolate Only bars, the salt's yeah, so large, it's kind sure. of uh, I'll never say no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. There's a lot here to try. But yeah, the, the different textures, I think it, it just kind of helps just bring out some of the flavors a little bit more. And I, I like to try a variety of things, and I'm kind of looking forward to the scorpion one. I noticed that well, one's last, so well, I'm, what's you know, the reason? Just in case, just in ca- I mean, we can move it up. It's, We're all going to have to pick segment, a winner here. Rick. That's that's a charge here. I think we should all have to pick our favorite out of these. So. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Well, here's one that's 70% dark chocolate, nutty and hearty, and it tastes like a lakeside bonfire, everyone. Really? <laughs> you Smoke know, I chocolate will say here? smoky is one of my favorite qualities <laughs> in like a dark beer. I love a smoky dark beer. So this one is called the Almond Maple Brittle. So. Mm. I wonder how many people were making hungry or jealous right now. Yeah. I hope Most. everyone, <laughs> because this is Give so good. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys getting the smoke, the Lakeside Bonfire? That's what I'm really looking for. I have just a small piece, actually. I need another one to oh, figure all right. this out. Yes, that's, let's be fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely feeling that I would sit outside and eat this with a s'more. It's, like, much darker. The difference between the 50% dark chocolate and the 70% is intense. I taste much more the dark chocolate of this one. Would you say it's less sweet? I would say it's less sweet. Yeah, I would, yeah. too. I would drink a little bourbon with this Ooh. by the campfire. I think that's Why where we're going to go. Why didn't you bring those in? Come on, Rick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> next time. Next Come time. On. Yeah, let's start, a, let's start a bourbon member drive. Um, all right. So we are moving over to 
It's a green wrapper, so it's a mint. It's a mint mocha, another one that is only 50% dark chocolate. It's brisk and fra- fragrant with, well, you know, notes of some coffee bistros. So Thank you. Brisk. Mm-hmm. I'll say this about mint, that um, I, I, mint. I generally like it, but I, I don't like it mixed in with things that I'm supposed to like by themselves, mm. like ice cream, like coffees, and yeah. like now chocolate. Okay. It's just like, You're a purist. I guess I must be. It's good. But it's not supposed to be here is <laughs> what I feel. I don't know if that's the I right way that. to think about it or not. Yeah. I tend to agree with Craig. I mean, this is pretty good. And I do like those Andes mints you get at Mezzaluna or in too, the store yeah. or whatever. But Christmas, like Christmas baking, that works ice cream. for me. Yeah. I agree that I like more the sea salt or like the, the addition of the caramel more than the mint. This one is more like it permeates the whole thing. It does. Versus just being a little flavored note to kind of pick up on. Well, it's a green package. It's just <laughs> gentle just... inside. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it is a great color. But I think that um, it, it makes me think of an Andy's mint, right, and Christmas time and on top mm-hmm. of chocolate cookies or whatever. Or grasshopper pie, which mm. I actually really like grasshopper pie. So. Uh, refresh my memory on what that is. Well, it's, it's like a green ice cream type with a chocolate Oreo crust Oh, and the yeah. mint, the ice cream is minty. Hmm. I do like it. This one's got peppermint essential oil in it, too, more than just peppermint. And essential oil, of course, would be a lot more distilled and stronger. Concentrated, yeah. So, yep. yeah. And hmm. it does have a little bit of a minty punch. It does. Oh, for sure. The, the, this one, we, um, we almost, I think, more than the other ones we've had, need the palate cleanser to really go on to the next round. Yeah, the palate cleanser, well, I guess. Is yeah, I should have uh, brought in some water. Celsius water <laughs> thing here. So. Office water. <laughs> All right, so we're going to try a golden milk one. Uh, now, um, I'm looking is, at this, and it, is this a lemon chocolate? Of it, course it isn't, but <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah, it's. you want to describe it, Rick? No, and I actually learned something from Ashley here. It's a, uh-huh. actually a, a, a white chocolate with turmeric in it, mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was just a white chocolate, and I should have looked at the ingredients, mm. but you Well, I'm familiar with golden milk, and it's a drink that you make with the milk of your choice and then usually turmeric and sometimes ginger, cinnamon, a lot of warming spices. It's a really nice winter tea to warm the body, but also calm it down, like with the milk and stuff. So Sounds like a chai mm-hmm. in Let a me way. Ma- I was a little, yeah. But without any caffeine. What you're looking at impacts, I think, what you think about food. At least it does for me. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at this yellow piece of chocolate, and it doesn't work for me. Mm. It doesn't work. But I like it. When I cl- closed my eyes, um, it's still not my favorite, but yeah. it was okay. I actually like this one. <laughs> turmeric, Turmeric. some people don't think it has any flavor. I think it has a lot oh, of flavor. a lot of flavor. Yeah, it's Weird. like paprika. Some people... Yeah. Paprika doesn't have any flavor. I think it, it tastes a lot like saffron if it's if it's good paprika. So hmm. maybe they should make a paprika bar. I don't know. <laughs> Ladies part... and gentlemen, we just invented this. This is <laughs> pat, patent pending. <laughs> I'm part Hungarian, so paprika fits. <laughs> Let's put some smoked paprika in there. Yeah, I will say I'm not normally drawn to white chocolate, which, of course, is not really a chocolate. It just sort of has similar taste qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were telling like us off, Mike, that it's it. just manufactured differently. Yeah, I brought in some chocolate processing flow charts, and it, it comes from processing where they take out the cocoa oil, mm-hmm. and then it goes into a cooling process and turns into cocoa butter. Yeah. So it's yeah, not so it actually cocoa chocolate. butter, but not cocoa, not the full cocoa bean. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right, it's well, kind of separated. 
All right, it's time to eat some scorpions. Yeah, I'm afraid, afraid to eat this. One, Rick? I'm afraid to eat this. Sure, it'll be good. Scorpion pepper, yes. I'm guessing it's a scorpion pepper, not scorpions. <laughs> now, see, I like heat in my chocolate. I do too. I make Mexican hot chocolate with uh, cayenne a lot. When are you bringing that in? <laughs> I, I don't know, tomorrow? I'm a layman with this. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it <laughs> sneaks up on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not what chocolate's supposed to be. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. When I was first, before it snuck up on me, this is just like some dark chocolate that yeah. I'm eating here. And now whammo. Yeah. I'm not a spice guy. It's a nice little. Rick, I'm not going to tell you which one I like the least. I'll tell you, this will be at the bottom of my list. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Does anyone like it? I like it. I do too. I like it, but I also would not want to eat a whole bar like this. Gosh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I think it would kind of hurt your tongue. What are you chasing this with, Rick? (laughs) (laughs) Tequila. Chippers. (laughs) Yeah, chippers. We have a whole box here. Yeah, let's talk about the the chippers here, the uh, chocolate-covered potato chips, right? I got these at uh, Carol Widman's here in South Fargo off of 13th Avenue. And then another place in town here called Sweet Dreams makes them. And then, of course, Widman's Candy up in Grand Forks makes them. And there's supposedly some feud between the two uh, Widman's, and I'm not really sure on that. I have some researchers. Chris- is this, is this well, milk chocolate covered, by the way? Are doing investigative reporting? Yeah. Uh, it is milk chocolate covered, and they cover it, uh, this potato chip, with a lot of chocolate. And I think they're like classic wave-cut old Dutch potato chips. Mm-hmm. They won't um, they won't disclose their secrets, but that's my guess. And nice and salty, crispy, uh, and a lot of chocolate. And we used to get these when I worked in Washington, D.C. in a Senate office. They would send... Yeah, it just says white potatoes, but it doesn't say... It doesn't say. Specifically, though. <laughs> we used to get boxes of these a week, and all the interns would enjoy these. And we kind of got sick of them by the time our internship was done. <laughs> but it brings back good memories of over 20 years of, ago of, of something like that in my career. <laughs> I, that's what, it makes me ask the question, back to the caramel crack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, the texture of this is similar to yeah. me. How mm-hmm. do they do the crack in caramel crack? Is it the same technique here or is it way different? No, it's way different. Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the caramel crack, they're making caramel. I'm guessing they make their own caramel. Yeah. They get it up. They use a candy thermometer to get to a certain point, pour it out. It'll crack, and break it up. Cold. Yep. yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me, of course. Yeah. But these are just kind of whole chips, and they, yeah, yeah they just do it. Yeah, this is one. I love chips, and I love chocolate. I've never loved this combination. If it were on the plate at the Super Bowl, I'll grab a couple. Yep. It's pretty good. I will sneak a few of these in when they're around here because I've noticed they appear quite often. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your last one for us here? Well, this is one I like at the grocery store, and it's a Ritter Sport Bar. And I used to get these at Zanbro's Variety here in downtown quite a bit. But they've started carrying them at Hornbacher's and other grocery stores. I'm sure other parts of the state may have them in the larger communities. But it's a German chocolate brand called Ritter Sport, and this one is... Dark chocolate with whole hazelnuts, and I do enjoy mm-hmm. hazelnuts quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm big into like Kinder Bueno bars, Nutella, mm-hmm. or anything hazelnut I like. So, and they use whole hazelnuts in this one, which I really enjoy. So. Yeah. Have you ever gotten fresh hazelnuts, like in season, forage them yourself? No. Oh, game changer. This is good. Mm. You want another piece? There's a whole bar here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
a lot. I prefer my hazelnut distributed a little bit more evenly than just a whole hazelnut. Um, I like when it is a little bit more chopped. How but, does this different mm, taste different flavor. to you from almonds and chocolate? Is it? it it's very similar to me. Mm, yeah, it's, it's really similar to almonds. It is, but hazelnuts have a distinct flavor that I really enjoy. You'll see in European chocolate, they really use a lot of hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. I think we probably use more almonds in the States here, but yeah, I just love, well, I love almond bars too. I buy a lot of Ritter sport bars with almonds in them yeah. as well. They're really good. Yeah, it's just a slightly, I feel like it's both like lighter, but yep. also stronger when it comes to hazelnut versus almond. I would agree with the lighter part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, a good like, way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Rick. This has been fun, Rick. Yeah. I can't wait till we talk, try brisket and you bring us different <laughs> styles of brisket to sink our teeth into. This will be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the Indian food. Uh-huh. <laughs> And remember, get your own chocolate during the short and sweet member drive by calling 800-359-4145 or click and join at prairiepublic.org. Come in at $10 a month or more and you get cocoa truffles from Nicole's Fine Pastry. 800-359-4145. Hi, I'm uh, Jack Zaleski. I'm the former editorial page editor and a current columnist for the Forum of Fargo-Moorhead. And I've been a newspaper man for life. But no matter what the media and public radio is included, journalism is a vital pillar of democracy. We're seeing what happens with a superpower whose leader goes unchecked by a free and independent press. We've seen democracy and the media under attack right here in this country. It is always important to support your trusted sources of journalism. So keep reading and subscribing to your area newspapers, digital or in print. Become a member of your local public radio station, Prairie Public. And we journalists will continue to seek the truth no matter what we uncover. This is Dakota Datebook for January 31st. Some people live in North Dakota for a short time before moving on, leaving only a scattering of information. Today, we consider the example of Civil War veteran Charles Bolyard. His tombstone is in the Union Cemetery in Eglin, North Dakota. It's one of the few traces of his time here. Engraved on his markers, the inscription, Charles Bolyard, a private in the 123rd Ohio Infantry, born February 3, 1840, and died January 20, 1941. It's evident from that that Bolyard lived for 100 years. But other facts must be gathered from various veiled sources. A book about Towner County families revealed that Bolyard established a 160-acre homestead in Twin Hill Township in 1898, six miles northeast of Eglund. He was 50 years old when he moved to the state, bringing his two youngest children with him. In 1914, after 16 years, he moved to Hubbard County, Minnesota, where he developed several farms. Bolyard lived there near the town of Guthrie, until 1941, when he died at age 100. It was on this date in 1940 when the Bemidji, Minnesota newspaper had a nice story about Charles Bolyard, revealing a wealth of information. Born in Ohio, Bolyard joined the Union Army in 1862 as a private in the 123rd Ohio Infantry. And so, at age 22, he went to the battlefields of Virginia. In the Battle of Winchester, June 13, 1863, a Confederate bullet hit him in the thigh passing into his hip, finally lodging near his backbone. This severe wound healed after a while, 
But the musket ball was never removed, and so he lived with a lead bullet in his body for the next 78 years. Private Bulliard rejoined his regiment when he got back on his feet, serving in the U.S. Army until 1865, the end of the war. Returning home to Little Sandusky, Ohio, Bulliard married Catherine Fitzgerald in 1866, and they had 12 children. They raised their children in Ohio until his wife died in 1892. The widower kept the family together until he moved to North Dakota with the youngest of the children. When asked about the secret of his longevity, Bulliard said it was simply hard work and plenty of it. Today's Dakota Datebook was written by Steve Hoffbeck, retired MSU Moorhead history professor. I'm Bill Thomas, filling in for Merrill Pepcorn. Dakota Datebook is produced in cooperation with the State Historical Society of North Dakota, with funding from Humanities North Dakota. And that's a wrap for today's Main Street. We are so pleased that you are joining us today. And also, we hope you remember that it is our short and sweet pledge drive, 800-359-4145. Ashley, I think we have a great show (laughs) lined up in the hopper, ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow, you will hear what it is like to compete at the World Snow Sculpting Championships and see how Team North Dakota did in representing the entire country of the United States at the World Competition. We're also going to hear about your chance to make a birthday card for Elmo and learn about the night sky with the stars of PBS. And we get a movie review from Madeline. Meantime, there's still plenty of time for you to support everything that you hear at 800-359-4145 or online at prairiepublic.org. And thank you.